This is a Teacher Saves World field recording. It is May 2nd, 2021, 1.14 p.m. We are in our backyard, Tulare, California, United States of America. So, Shannon, tell us, introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, tell us what you do. Tell us about your boys. And um, we'll just get the conversation going like that. All right. My name is Shannon. I've been in education, I think, 32 years. I taught for six, and I have been a middle school counselor since. I have two boys. I call them little boys, but uh, my baby will be 22 in a few weeks, and my oldest is going to be 25 in November, and that's me. That makes me feel old when I think about these boys. (laughs) Man, I can't think of a But I got a middle school counselor. That is... is uh, express lane at, at the the gates of heaven. That's you are not waiting in line. Yeah, thirty two years, twenty six as a middle school counselor. What more challenging job in this past year could there be than yours? I um, can't think of one. Do you mind telling us like what COVID and the pandemic was like as a middle school counselor? Well, because I'm older and I am not techie, it was very frustrating. I was just excited when Zoom worked. I was like, oh my gosh, Zoom, I got to it. And the kids look at me like, I can't hear you, fix it. I was like, wait, wait, you're blurry again. And like, I'm telling you, if you I go, I want to see you. And they're like, but if we see you, you, we won't be able to hear us because the internet might go. So then I was like, but I want to see you. So that, it was hard. Technology and um, I'm very blessed with my job. Um, you know, middle, most middle school counselors are a, um, APs wanting to be principals. Um, in our district, that is not the case. We are counselors, and it is mostly social-emotional. I don't do class scheduling. I don't, I'm don't. i in charge of graduation, social promotion, um, but that's what I do. So it's very hard when it was at home because they're, these aren't, you know, one thing about high school, those kids can get in a car or they have a little more freedom. Middle school children do not drive. Um, they're not allowed to really just go anywhere so it was tough very tough and then when zooming people can hear you even with the headphones and it was difficult for the confidentiality it really was and they needed counseling more than ever the isolation so what was the if you were to pare down the problems to like did kids have similar problems across the board or was it very unique well if 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 fam if home life is a tough place and now that's where they were at constantly. You know, um, food, um, five, seven brothers and sisters in the house all trying to use the same internet to Zoom. When, or I don't have to do anything because the teachers aren't going to make me. You know, so it depends on the student. Um, but the, a lot of them depressed. Um, you know, a lot of them either got very large eating too much or didn't eat. Um, you know, um, we did a really good job, I felt, as a district to offer the food, but your parents, you know, and the buses would actually go to neighborhoods and drop off, but it's still tough. So a lot of it, I think, was just the isolation from their friends and not being able to have that interaction because when you're Zooming, the teacher's lecturing, and there's no time for this, you know, and so the teachers, after a while, said, you know, educa- it, the teaching is important, but we need to take time to have them interact. So that was, it's tough. That was tough. I was, I literally cried when I saw the buses the first day. I'd literally start crying. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I wanted to hug them all. You know, well, you can't touch them. You can't do this. I'm like, well, heck. (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember we, we had the same issue. I, I remember our district went through this process of when we started Zoom uh, in the fall, it was like no breakout rooms, no chat. And we were really concerned about what they were. They were going to be crazy, right? They were going to do, we weren't going to be able to observe them and all these. And uh, fairly like with loud screaming from, from teachers. And then that didn't sway them. It wasn't until they really heard from the students that we need to talk to each other that all of a sudden breakout rooms were were necessary and not just okay it was like we were expected to do breakout rooms and we were expected to use the chat to get them to interact i would tell them you know you have this tool you all have a chromebook now and you all have you know internet because we've given it to you you can use this chromebook let's make lunch dates with your friends and like we yeah what i go no you need to call your friends and i go now obviously mm-hmm. we can get on what is that go guardian and see what you're doing, so lo- don't be dumb. But yeah. But at the same time, use this technology with your friends. You're only with us three hours. Use this technology with your friends and make play dates, even if it, they're like, that's a good, I'm like, yes, interact, you know, because a lot of them, you know, well, I could talk to them online with my PlayStation or whatever, but I said that, you see each other. I mean, that's yeah. it's communication. And I noticed with the freshmen, which are your little babies, one, you know, just months later, coming from 10 different feeder schools to our high school, now they're in a class together. They don't even know if they have friends anymore. They don't know how to meet people. Like, it was all on the teacher to kind of orchestrate, and if they chose not to, it was not going to happen at all. It was really heartbreaking. Now, you said depression. How do you... I'm just thinking middle school. You know, it's just a ripe place for all kinds of, right, hormonal issues and angst and that sort of thing but did you just see it amplified over the year or was it a very different beast than in years past for yes you? usually you know and we throw out a lot of, I think these kids are a little more savvy than I ever was you know they are you know they see well I'm bipolar well honey you can't diagnose yourself and neither can I <laughs> you're not bipolar you're just moody <laughs> but you know so the words thrown out there a lot so I try to tell them you know okay there is different types of depression you know, I give examples, and I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying you need to kind of take a step back and, you know. But they're asking. I need a counseling. And when they're asking at that age and the parents are like, oh, tough it up. You know, I'm like, no, my, my mom's not listening to me. And some are, don't get me wrong, but some aren't. And so if I refer them out, and I have done a lot of that this year. But that is a process. You know, it's not like it just happens. Yeah. So, but it's, it's they're just, it's a lot loneliness they describe loneliness but they're you know but when you're starting to not eat you can't sleep I have honor students getting F's you know it's like these are red flags now some kids just who no one's going to tell me what to do so I'm just not going to do the work I get that and you just and then you have to gauge it mm-hmm. and I explained to them I'm not a therapist I am a counselor and I do see kids weekly but I said we need to get you and I try to tell parents you know when your kid was little and they had an ear infection you didn't go to the doctor and say he's sick you said there's yellow stuff coming out of that ear and you give them symptoms to try to help. That's a good point. And I say, if your child had diabetes, you'd take him to the doctor. So what's the difference? Mm-hmm. I think, I think the stereotype of mental health wellness is getting a lot better, but a lot of people that feel that that's, you know, taboo, you know, maybe not like, my kid. Yeah. Is, oh, my kid's fine. He'll be, he'll be on over. Me. Yeah. And yeah. I, oh, well, like and my son, I always, I have one son who's autistic, and I always was afraid that I was putting too much pressure on his older brother growing up. You know, am I giving him, 
this role because he's just an older brother or is it because his brother has special needs? So I had him go to counseling. And um, I went in first because I was like, this is my concerns, you know, and I know I'm going to, and then the, the therapist, like, he's fine. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> but but I, as a parent, you question yourself because there is big, you know, the older sibling does have more responsibilities usually. And then when they get older, you know, and every child's different. I mean, even if you're not special needs, a personality, how you, I'm sure both yours, you deal with different, differently because personalities. Absolutely. Describe your kids. Well, my oldest is, he's a black and white kid. He sees things pretty black and white. Um, very, he loved acting and drama. Um, never really liked sports. Uh, he played like everybody else in this area till he was in sixth grade. And then he's like, I'm done, mom. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Avid reader. Love, just loves to read. Um, and I really think because his brother had um, special needs, he, he, and plus I'm a counselor, he gravitated towards that major. And so he um, was a psych major, um, he, and he had two minors, creative writing and films, um, and he's now finishing up his master's in mental health wellness with a certificate in LGBTQ. I didn't know that. Um, he, uh, and he loves it. He's going to be done in two weeks. Um, very, uh thinker uh i think sometimes i wish he was a little more lovey peace <laughs> but he's <laughs> but he's very black and white like you did it let's go on you know type of thing big heart very big heart mm -hmm. um you either love him or think he's a weirdo you know <laughs> and uh and, and it's difficult i think his personality where growing up where sports was such a big thing and he you know he definitely found his niche you know, acting was his thing and mm -hmm. loved it. And it, it really, that was his thing. And then my little one was diagnosed with autism. And, um, and that's like, I always compare it to being fat. What you think is fat and what I think are fat are two different things. There's not one child with autism characteristics is the same. So it's not like, okay, I'm dyslexic. How do I teach him to read? So it's, it's a roadmap, just like any other child, though. Um, and working with his strengths and his weaknesses and his quirkiness and, um, and just raising him like him as an individual. I remember Shannon at back to school nights and, uh, running from AP classes to special ed classes to back to AP classes, just I don't think these boys could have experienced a better mother than you. And you were constantly, you really had to be different. I had to be an advocate because, and I'm not knocking the teachers, but it's like, it's such a unique thing. And with like the IEP, my IEP meetings would go five, six hours because it got to the point where I go, look, <laughs> write the thing and show it to me two weeks ahead of time because that's why we don't waste all these people's time. And being an educator, I see where the cracks are. And it's like, no, he doesn't need, you know, because reading would be a deficit. Um, so, no, you're right. One of his goals is not in science. But if he can't read it, how is he going to do the science? So I had to be very creative when I was, you know, and I was not an easy mom. Um, when they called me Mama Bear, they meant it. Um, but he, and I think sometimes people thought I was putting pressure on him to get A's. He freaks out if he didn't, if he got a B. I'll never forget in science, 
your teacher was like, oh, my God. Because, you know, you, meeting him, you're like, you don't know what to, you know, to expect. And he got an A-. minus, And she's like, gosh, she was all like that. So he's going to be just jacked. He got it. And I guess he started twitching. like, <laughs> And he got a big pen and wrote F on it. And she's like, oh, oh, crap, what do I do? And I go, just, it was like a 96 or something, I don't know. And I go, just, just, that's just printing. That's just how he is. I said, so he was so hard on himself. And I, you learn as you go. And so, like, I wish now I would have played with the IEP more because if I would have asked to write it in, which I wish someone would have told me I could do that. But, you know, everything's learning on your own. I would have asked him to take pass-fail classes, like foreign language. Because he never took Spanish because he would have freaked out getting a C. But he could have passed easily, right, right. but not the A. You know, because he can memorize. But when it comes to inferring things, and that, he can't do it. That's his, his big deficit there. And, uh, so that's tough. And that's him, though. He needs to get those A's. That I, didn't, I didn't know that about their – are all classes able to be pass-fail? No, you? but if you write in an IEP, um, you can do things. Because it's a law, legal. Because he wasn't using those credits to go to college, right, right. to university. So, like, right now, he's at a junior college, and um, we ran out of all the classes to take because of this darn COVID because we <laughs> want to apply to um, a special college thing I can talk about, too. But um, he graduated in two years. Boom, he's done. Well, now we're, like, floating. Okay, what are we taking? Because can't, we can't go to the next step, the college. So, um, because he's on an, he was an IEP. The IEPs are val- are. Um, not valid after you graduate, okay. but he um, is now, there's another paper, I don't know what it is. Um, and because of that, his counselor could ask permission, and he's taking a counseling careers class, pass-fail. Well, I kind of wish we wouldn't have now, because he has a 95% on his own in it. <laughs> but I was so worried about him getting a C and then freaking yeah. out, and he's not, and as long as you're not transferring the units to get into a university, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if you're on an IEP, okay. you can ask for things. And for, and for those that might not know what an IEP is, could you explain? It's an individual educational plan. Um, now, this is my version. Um, you have to get <laughs> tested, um, and you have to have some type of a deficit. You are intelligent, but you have a learning disability. To have an IEP, you have to have a learning disability. So some students' IQs... And they aren't on an IEP because they're working to the best ability. So I always tell my resource kids, I go, you're smart. That's why you're on one. You're, something's going on. In, like most, the majority have processing problems. It's, I don't always agree with all the mumbo jumbo because they're like, well, he doesn't have a processing. So then he doesn't get to be in it. And they're like, no. I'm like, oh. You know, um, so, you know, so yeah. that's what an IEP yeah. is. And some kids are on it for speech. So it's just speech goals. Mm-hmm. Um, some, you know, and then, you know, reading, a lot of it is reading. Some are just math goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a 504, which if you do not have a learning disability, sometimes they can put you on a 504, like non-time. Mostly it's medical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they can take longer on the test. Mm-hmm. They can whatever. Yeah. yeah. But IEPs are only good through high school. Oh, And okay. then they go away. So then it was like for Brennan – do you want me to keep talking about this? Yeah. You want me to go no, on? go for it. Um, you know, and it was a learning. I mean, I didn't know, and I'm in education. I'm like, okay, now what do I do? Now what do I do? What do I do? And everyone's like, oh, don't worry. I'm like, eh, no, I'm a planner. So thank God I did. Um, <laughs> I went Christmas of his junior year. I'm like, okay, Christmas vacation. I'm going to go talk to somebody important because I need to know. And she's like, 
you never went, he's not a client of the regional center. I'm like, no. Oh, no, he needs that. I'm like, what? And, and honestly, um, I think the school does a great job. But then when you're at a high school, you need that tool. And so they're there to help you do other things once they're age. My other suggestion to me was to give up his high school diploma so he could still take special ed classes um, till he was 26. And I said, the hell we will. Because a lot of people think, oh, they gave it to him. I'm like, oh, no, not my son. He earned that diploma. We didn't take all physics. We didn't take, you know, we took for English, you know, and it was practical math. It was an algebra class. Um, in my day, we had bonehead math, you know. But and he, but he had to pass. He earned that diploma. I'm like, so, so he could be in special classes till he's 20. I could do things at home with him. Nope, because that diploma was very important to him. Um, and some kids don't earn a diploma. They earn a certificate, and that's, that's that. Um, and every child is different. But for him, he was very proud of that. So... And then I found a special needs, um, it's two certificates at Reedley College. Um, Visalia COS is just now starting it, implementing it. Um, and it's kind of like when you go like down the street from you, uh, College of Sequoia's in Tulare has a certificate in welding. It, I, last time I toured it, it was number two in the state. Wow. So I tell kids, college is a lot of things. So you can go to mechanic, you know, welding, all kinds of things. It's not just the four-year degree type thing. Um, so he went to Reedley because they had certificate programs in living skills and career. So I said, he's an overachiever. He can do both. So he did. Did it in two years. But then the darn COVID hit because he got a job in the cafeteria. He was, you know, the cutting the cord from mama, kind of like, I'm not a part of this. And then Fresno State has a special um, program called the Wayfinders. And it's a two-year program. It's very expensive. Um, but if you're a regional center person, you get a discount. <clears throat> um, and it's a two-year program, and they live on their own in apartments, and they take two classes a semester, and it's teaching them to live, though. It's, it's a counselor for financial. It's a counsel for, you know, food. It's several kids I know have gone there, and I'm like, oh, my God, I found this great thing, you know. And then they only take, I think, 15 a year. And then um, there's another college, which I won't tell you what it is because I don't want anyone else to apply. <laughs> <laughs> on the West Coast and the East Coast, there's many four-year colleges that have these programs, but they're very expensive, 50 to 100 a year, 1,000. Wow. Um, and wow. one of our universities is just starting one here. And I, I literally was crying. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, but you, the, the, the trick is with special needs kids, after 20, yeah, everything has to be done before you're 26. So with his age, the clock is ticking. Um, so I'm waiting for that application to come out. So him being the first 12 in this program are probably not good, but we'll apply, and then we'll apply again the next year. Um, but it's the first four-year university that's actually going to have. Same thing, two classes on campus. Um, they teach them how to get jobs every trimester. They teach them how to live on their own. You cut the cord, and that's what they need, you know, to be able to live without me and see what – because someday I'm going to pass – and it's sad because I worry. It's like, and then you don't want your other son to be, okay, you know, this is your burden. But it, you will take care of him. You know, you will look out for him. And right now that's what I'm working on my retirement. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, like sign the paper. Um, but it's just a lot to think about. So that's the goal. Yep. For him to. He, his goal is to be a tour guide at Disneyland. <laughs> 
And so he has done many uh, reports on that. Yes. And he has found out it is very difficult to be applied. There is maybe 500 of them. And he realized they don't make a whole lot of money, and it's very expensive to live in uh, Orange County. <laughs> so it's, it's actually good, though. He's yeah. like, he's like, how am I going to work minimum wage and work live? I'm like, mm-hmm. Um, but no, so it's that. That's what he would love to do. Oh, he that loves. Would be awesome. That's his happy place. So they're called the plaid. Of the plaids. I, and we've seen them. Oh yeah. It's very expensive to have. We've, we we yeah. ran into each other at Disneyland once. Remember? Oh yeah, we ran into you guys. And you guys were like running circles around. I think we ran into you a couple times. Like, there goes <laughs> He loves it. That's his, you know, my other outgrowth is like, oh, I made him, okay, so for grad night. See, this is, your school was fabulous. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to grad night. Well, okay. He would have been a miserable little pumpkin on that bus. <laughs> I go, you really don't want him on your bus. <laughs> and she's like, so they really, they worked it out for me. And um, I got to go with him. Yes. So he still got to go to grad night. We met up with some of the teachers. He got to take his pictures. He met up with a few kids to take pictures, and he, was, he had enough of them, but he got the grad experience. Grad, he got to be with, the, with his graduating class. To Disneyland, and that was important. So little things like that as a yep. mom, yeah. you're having to think ahead. Psycon. I planned that since third grade. I paid a little boy. <laughs> and, and what grade do they go to the Psycon? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. It's a Psycon <laughs> three years, camp. Three years of planning. And I was like, okay, how I want him to go, so how are we going to do this? Because if you spit or you snore, he, No. So it's like, he's got, you know, and over the years we have, there's certain, we have done and we've like, when he was little, you couldn't use the clippers on his head, literally screaming. So oh. I would sit, me, mama, I'd, nope, hold them. Nope. You're going to learn to do this. You're going to, and it's just, you know, they're total, they're, it's their sensory issues. Yeah. And that so like, he can't be around people that spit or snore. Yes. And, um, and, and we've had bullies who on purpose know that the spitting bothers him and he'd do it on purpose and then you'd mess with me and I'm like, you know what, look. <laughs> but, you know, it's one thing when you don't know. And I said, no, you need to get over it. You know, it, it's not a, a criminal, you're not a criminal if you spit. Now, if they keep doing it on purpose, that's another story. But um, I got off on a tangent. What were we talking about? Oh, Psycom. So I was like, okay, he needs to go, but... I, I need, and the high school kids, how they volunteer. So I reached out to someone that I knew very well, and I said, okay, look, I'll pay you 100 bucks. <laughs> um, and it wasn't Mission Oaks, because they switch weeks oh, to yeah. go. But I got special admission for this kid to go, and he was his one-on-one. Aww. They stayed in the handicapped cabin, which other kids too, because there's only two to a room, and it would just be him. And, and I was like, all right, perfect. Teacher calls me, you are going to be pissed. There's not enough counselors. They threw them in the big cabin with 12 oh. boys. I'm like, what? Oh, no. And they all snore and spit. I don't, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Among so, other things. So I, got a, I talked to the head guy, and I was like, I go, look, my kid's not getting a strike if he, if he goes off on someone because you took my count. He's like, and, but he ended up doing fine. He didn't sleep much because yeah. he had to plug his ears for the snoring. But he's the biggest snorer. That's what's funny. <laughs> he snores more than anybody. But, you know, I've even video him. Look, you snore. It's like. Well, I don't hear myself. <laughs> but, yeah. So you're always having a – you want your kid to do as much as the normal as possible, but you always have to be thinking ahead, like, okay, what? how are we going to tweak it so he, you know, can do – band was another thing. You know, his little feet, he had foot surgeries, um, and they had to put metal plates in his feet to make him go out. So he could march, but he would mess it up for other kids. And I was like, I want him to be a team player, but I don't want him to mess it up for everybody else. So it was like, he could drum, 
But he, you know, the, those shows, if you mess up one little thing, so working with a band teacher, he's like, no, he can do it. So he let him be an advanced band because he was good enough to be in that. But then he wasn't in the field shows. And though he marched in the parades because they weren't competitions. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you just always have to be reaching out and saying, okay, how about this? How about that? How, how are you a different person having been a mom and continuing to be a mom of a special needs kid? Like, what is it, how has it changed you as a person? You, I, honestly, I think with both boys, I'm the same. I mean, I, I, I plan ahead for the other one too his whole life because I always called him an airhead. I go, <laughs> if your head wasn't attached, dude, I don't know. It's like, very intelligent. But he just, yes. it's like, really? You know, so I honestly, I don't think, I mean, I obviously had to do more one-on-one. I did a lot of front-loading, you know, reading ahead because that way if I read, I knew like, well, what is that? I don't know. It's a bottle. Okay, well, let's look at how much water's in that. Okay, this is called mostly full. This would be empty. Like, it was always having to do conversation. It was like a child. I always explained him being a child from another country because if I literally didn't teach him the word, he didn't know it. So driving back and forth to school, sometimes my oldest goes, can we just not talk today? Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, would you estimate those trees or count those trees? You know, why do you estimate? Why don't you estimate? So one day we're driving his mom. I'm like, yes, what are those? I'm like, what? Windshield wipers. I didn't tell him what, and I started crying. I'm like, how the heck did I not tell him what a windshield wiper was? And he's like, what are those? I, and, I, and that's not, I'm like, oh. And he goes, okay. Because we infer and we can kind of, yeah. you know, and he can't. So always thinking ahead. It really always, uh, and I'm a planner anyway, so I think just working extra hard, but I really think I'm that type of person anyway, but planning ahead always. And I think being in education was very beneficial because I would sit on other kids' IEPs and I'm like, what? (laughs) What? Like I, we have special day. Well, you don't. I go, so you're going to put the special day kids in with the RSP kids? How does that work? You know, because the academics are so different. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even know that. I was like, okay, now i got to plan ahead for that. So it's like just always being a planner, It definitely. And I know him better than anybody. So I know when to push and when not to. Um, and sometimes I look mean. Like when I didn't know his feet were bad, he uh, refused to run. So I'd go to his elementary school, grab his hand, and make him run. Little did I know. <laughs> but, but he was like, oops, sorry. But, um, but you know, just a planner, being yeah. a planner. And always trying to think ahead of time, okay, what's going to happen next year? What's going to... And, you know, and some people give me crap for that. They're like, you just let him be. I said, but, you know, he gets so wound and upset. And sometimes he's going to have to crash. And, and I let him. You know, it's like, well, you didn't read the directions. Or, you know, I tried to cut him. But there has to be a happy medium. Because, you know, like your kid, he's about to go away to college. And it's like, okay, so if he doesn't clean his toilet, well, okay. You know, yeah. what are you going to yes. do? But at yes. the same time, like, I tried to teach my kid how to iron and do laundry all in two weeks. And he's like, that's overrated. I'm not ironing. I'm like, <laughs> okay. But, but hey, wrinkly was- guy. I, I agree with him. I, wrinkling is. Yeah. <laughs> I hate ironing. That goes in the donation yeah. pile. If it I just don't buy clothes that wrinkle. Yeah, we try. No. <laughs> that, that just, this is such a common, seems like anybody we talk to, this balance, right, when it comes to the parenting, how much to push, how much to let him fail. How much to hold back? Like, none of us have that ratio down. <laughs> like, you'd think, and I just, it is so challenging. And every kid is so different. You know, some students you would never have to say a word to. And they put too much pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. Even in counseling, I tell them, 
there's always going to be someone smarter than you. And they look at me like, how awful is that? I go, why do you want to be them? Be you. And I always tell the story about myself. My sister, year ahead of me, got into Harvard, blah, blah, blah. Valedictorian, and then there was Shannon. Um, <laughs> and the teachers, a lot of the times, compared us. Are you, well, you're not like your sister. No, I'm not. And so I tried really hard not to compare my boys. But I think, I always wonder if we weren't quirky, if he would be this hard on himself. You know, because I never put that pressure on him. But, you know, it, it is. How... But then, like, you know, people go, oh, well, you're a helicopter mom. Yeah, I am. And, but I take it as a positive more than a negative. I try to bite my tongue. But sometimes it's like, no, I have to be an advocate for my own kid. Um, but when it comes to college, no, you're paying a heck of a lot of money, dude. I said, no, you're not. That is not a place where you're going to fail. So, like, I like, for instance, the older one goes, well, I think I'm going to start with 12 units. No, you're not. I said, let's get all your units and put them out on the floor. He's like, oh, if I only take 12 units, I won't graduate in four years. Yeah. <laughs> a said, lot more money. I never chose his classes. I didn't go that far. But I always say, okay, when's the money due? What day is registration? You know, that type of winter books. Let me know how much they are. You know, things like that. But little, I'm like, no, you're not taking 12 units. Because you'll never, it's like, oh. But he, and like, and then I go, I know math is not his forte. So I was like, okay, don't take all these classes at the same time. Spread them out. Spread the wealth. He's like, oh, okay. I go, you're an avid reader. Okay. He's like, so things like that, mama bear type thing. But at the same time, when do you come? It has to be a balance. And it's tough. It is tough. And yours, you know, is, I think, well, you, him playing sports, I think you're going to, you're going to want to go to all the games and that's exciting. And, you know, and it's one thing right now, they're like on, Facebook Live or whatever, um, one of my uh, colleagues, his daughter swims for San Diego. And so now we're all getting to watch her swim yeah. because it's on. I'm like, this is cool. I mean, from true. And so then I'm like, which one is she? He's like, the first <laughs> lane. I'm like, I'm not a swimmer. It's the first one over there, the first one over here. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, so it's, yeah. My grandparents, when I was a kid, had this great old game, and it was just a, uh, a wooden sort of like long rectangle and uh, two metal bars and a, and a metal ball. I know what you're talking about. And you tried to, by manipulating those metal bars back and forth, you tried to move that metal ball until and have it drop it, like in the highest point thing, farthest along. Uh, I feel like that's like parenting. It's that constant, <laughs> how much pressure to apply, how much to let off, to help that ball move along and drop into the highest point you know, area possible. It's like that, it's that game of back and forth, the, the pressure, the, the layoff, the pressure, the layoff, the get involved, to, yeah. to, I don't want to look. And it's tough because every child's different. And it's like, so if I wouldn't have mentioned that 12 unit thing, you know, junior, he'd be telling me, you know what? I'm not going to graduate. Really? Yeah. So. And but, who's paying yeah. for that fifth year? And some <laughs> students mom. don't need that. But, you know, I have one student who I'm very, still very close to her mom, her parents, you know, first generation from the Azores, and she did all, didn't, they didn't say it, but that was her personality, yeah. you know, and she did fabulous. Yeah. And I think that's kind of our curse of knowledge we've talked about as an educator. It's, it's a blessing and a curse because the three of us have encountered students that have had the helicopter mom and done great, have had the helicopter mom and totally flailed once they've left high school. They've had hands-off parents that have 
to- then they've totally failed. They've had hands up parents that have just, they've done so well. It's kind of just anybody's guess as to, you know, the life circumstance that will end up for these kids. And I, I think some days, you know, I come down on myself. I shouldn't have done that. I should have let him do that. I, some days I just can't stand that the place is so messy and I go into the little apartment and I clean it and I do the laundry and I do this and this and this. And other days you let him sit in his filth. <laughs> you know, keep, keep the pizza crusts on the plate next to your bed and see if you like that in a couple of days. But there's other times I can't stand it and I go in and take care of things. But um, we're learning so much about ourselves, right? These are my issues, a lot of them. No, and it is. Not it's, my children. It's, it's mommy issues, totally. Because you want them, to, I just want them to be happy. And I've always said, I don't care what you do, but you need to be happy. And you will work the rest of your life, let's just face it. So be happy. Money is not everything. You know, um, going into his profession, he'll be like me. I said, but where you want to live is so expensive. I said, let's do a little math here. Let's look at a budget. This is how much rent is in Greenwich Village. And this is how much you're going to make. <laughs> So let's just, you know, and if you're good with that, I'm happy for you. You go for it, you know. But now it's finding a job and all that. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you just want your kids to be happy. We do. We just want them to be happy. But at the same time, when they fall, it's like, do I put the Band-Aid on or do I just let them tough it up, you know? And I think that's probably the great place to end it. <laughs>